0: What's up Bulldog fans? Welcome back to the Talking Dog podcast. It's your boy Maddie Light here with uh, Dogs Today. And uh it's our bye week, so uh don't really have too much Mississippi State to talk about or Mississippi State football that is to talk about this week. Except uh we have a special guest here with us. This is uh we got Tucker Day here with us that uh was our punter for about 18 years, I want to say. I think that's right. Uh Tucker, how you doing?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. A little bit too long, I'd say. <laughs>
0: yeah but uh so we got him on and uh we're just gonna have a conversation we're gonna get some uh, insider look of what it was like to be on the Mississippi State football team for a couple years and uh we'll see how it goes so uh uh if you want to start us off there uh
2: dogs you can uh get us rolling all right Tuck I gotta ask you off the jump um I think you told us this the other week, but uh, rank the your favorite coach to your least favorite coach because I know you played under all three, and just kind of say why you have them ranked where you have them ranked. Okay, hit me with a with a solid question right off the bat. See, I don't
1: I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings because all the fans have all their opinions and everything like that. But as far as from my experience goes, you know, I started out with. Dan Mullen went to Moorhead, finished with Leach. My favorite that I ever worked with, and it's pretty simple, it's an easy answer, no questions, Dan Mullen. Dan Mullen was an absolute uh, perfection artist. Everything that he uh, got out of his players, as far as work ethic goes, was all for really good reason. He gave us the best food he gave us the best clothing he treated us as as if we were these prize stallions and i mean i'd never been kind of in that sort of hospital hospitality state where everything was just so perfect and here's the crazy twist of it all i was so afraid of dan mullen i mean there was like an attitude in the entire room that was terrified just walking the hallway next to him i mean you couldn't even look at him you were so scared of this dude. And you know, Dan Mullen had this high pitched voice and he was like five foot seven, but I mean <laughs> damn, like he was
2: intimidating. But yeah,
1: that's that's that, that was easily the best I've ever I've ever worked with and probably will ever work with. Yeah, he just when, kinda
2: demanded everybody's respect.
0: Where did the intimidation come from? Was it the the way he talked to y'all, the way what he
1: expected from y'all?
0: Uh where did what did it yeah where did it so, come from?
2: Yeah
1: perfect question he had established a culture obviously dan is one of the the rare coaches you know that actually lasted at state for you know i think he had nine seasons and at the end of it he ended up leaving but he had established this culture where he kind of held his coaches accountable and then his coaches would get on you but then as far as your relationship with dan went how he carried himself was so professional and he was had so much energy all the time. But he had these green, piercing eyes, kind of like Voldemort, that if he looked at you, <laughs> you could just tell right away that you were about to get your life or your heart ripped out of your chest by what he was gonna say to you. Or he was gonna tell you something great. You just could never tell. And that was kind of what made him this mysterious, you know, you know, Napoleon Bonaparte type figure where you're going, whoa. This is a whole nother level of a human being. So, I, I, I mean, I'm speaking for myself here, but I, I guarantee you, you ask guys who played for Dan Mullen and Moorhead and Leach and stuff. There's a few of us, Austin Williams, Sherman Timms, a couple still around. We'll tell you, Dan Mullen was, sh- one, wicked sharp. Nothing, he never missed a beat. And he was always piercing you and asking for the best out of you. And that's just kind of what made him so intimidating because it was relentless.
2: I think did Errol play for all three? Oh yeah, Errol yeah. played for all three as well. Yeah, we need to get him on here and ask him sometime. Um, well, who's your number two then? Ooh. See,
1: this is the this is the one where I think where I was talking to you guys. It was pretty difficult. Um, as far as where I had the most success, <laughs> i I had the most success under Moorhead. Um. You know, I I was a two-year starter for him and was hitting the ball really well. I was top in the country, but... Between, well, we actually punted under Moorhead, too. So, you know... Yeah, we, see, between, they don't get much between chance Moorhead to and Leach... You know, yeah. And between Moorhead and Leach, you know, you have more of a relationship with Moorhead. He was a nice guy. He was a player's guy. You know, he was always always trying to, you know, at least have some sort of rapport with you, whereas... Man, you guys to put me on the spot here. Whereas in truth though, looking back on it, yeah, I'd probably i probably still stick with Moorhead just because Leech, he doesn't care about special teams necessarily. He lets the 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 special teams coordinator and the other guys deal with it. He kind of just avoids it the whole the whole way and doesn't really talk to us. So I I'd, I'd go with Moorhead. I could see that too.
2: Yeah. Um... He's
1: he's too cooped up with the with the air raid.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well raid. he uh he needs to keep giving it his attention, um from, <laughs> from what I keep seeing. It well it's you know, the the typical MSU cycle, it's like right when you think it's it's going and it's going good, he just comes out and they have a game like they did against Kentucky and uh I mean Bama was kinda to be expected, but um what are your thoughts on the on the year so far, um, compared to like last year? Like do you think they've improved much or do you think it's kind of like the similar uh, to cause the team got better through the year last year, but like, I haven't really seen them make like the next step. Um, Right. What are your thoughts there? Here's the way I see it with this,
1: you know, program that we're at right now with, you know, the air raid and a high expectation on offense, you know, you're going to play against some teams that are going to find a way to shut that down. I mean, it it's happened all over, the, all over the map. There's no season where you're going to be perfect every single game. And I think I want to say we built off of last season a little bit more. You know, they say year three for Leech, And just from playing with the guys last year and how the system was, they hadn't qu- uh, fully understood it yet. I think we finished seven and six last year. Whereas right now we're looking at five and three, you know, I, Pretty pivotal point in the season, you know. We're at the bye week, looking at Auburn and then Georgia, which is going to be, you know, back to back huge games that we'll decide the fate of this season. Yeah, and um you know, I'm I'm a, and I, I might get uh some some heckling from a few of my friends on the team, but I'm I'm a little disappointed as far as the outcomes of a lot of a few of our games. I thought we should have won LSU was vulnerable we should have dominated them but we had some unfortunate things happen and we dropped that game okay we we, we're down one but obviously we're gonna struggle against bama so we have that given loss you know i'm a realist even though i played on the team i understand we still are gonna struggle against that team they're a powerhouse especially at bama maybe at state it'd be closer but
2: Mm. i mean yeah
1: yeah, and well, you know, you're, really, you're
2: playing the refs too, so. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, that that was ridiculous. Don't even get me going on the whole ref situation there. I never really understood what it was like to you know, be a state fan until I saw what it was like.
2: Yeah. Trying it's different to watch. when you're, when it, you're it seeing was, it and getting all the angles and all the slow-mos and you're like, "Wow, that just uh, It's it's unbelievable. What, like, like I like Bryce Youngs uh roughing a passer, uh, what was it, Jordan Davis or whatever.
1: Yeah, like, if I wanted to go watch some on. Shakespearean play, I would have paid to go see that. I'm trying to watch football, damn it. Yeah. yeah. Um but uh yeah, I was and I was disappointed about Kentucky, but playing at Kentucky is really hard for us, just like how it's really hard for them when they come to state. I mean, it's vice versa. We beat them at home, they beat us at home, you know? It's just yeah. kind of how it goes. Yeah, so, for sure. I'm a little bit disappointed, but I think I'm I feel a little bit positive about what we can do if we decide to just come together and just play some football, man. Like just
2: distribute the
1: ball, take some risks downfield. We got nothing to lose now. So why not just do it? You know? Yeah. Yeah.
2: I, th- I think if we can win uh three out of the last four, um, that would be really solid considering we had have to play Georgia uh, and have probably the hardest draw, you know, in the country this year. Uh, schedule wise. I know Arkansas is really bad too, but it's definitely top three. Um, oh no. Our
1: our schedule is the hardest.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think eight and four everybody should be pretty happy with if um he manages to pull that out, but most likely if he's going to do that, he's going to have to beat Ole Miss and uh, that's just going to come down to which team shows up because it's going to be on the road and we are not playing good on the road.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's been a, been an interesting experiment on the road, that's for sure. It's a good point.
0: Well, speaking of Old Miss, uh, you know the the temperature between the Egg Bowl rivalry uh, since Leach and Lane have been hired seems to have cooled off dramatically compared to what it was against uh, with Mullen here, and then especially with Moorhead when everybody got personal fouls. Uh, is that a lot to do with the coaches? Do you think? Uh, because, like, I know Mullen, you said would like, get in your face and get everybody super hyped up, ready to go out there and run through a brick wall before you went out there. Uh, Leach doesn't strike me as that kind of guy. Uh, it, he, I don't think he really cares about rivalries as much. Is that kind of what you felt about that or what you <laughs> saw from the locker room?
1: Yeah, so I'll, I'll tell you a pretty good story. We're about to play Ole Miss last year. I think the temperature of the game was – 34 degrees and we had like this swirling misty ice rain going on and Leach comes into the locker room to give his pregame speech and he's like you know he gets in his stance in front of everybody and his guts hanging out he's in his cargo shorts and his shirt and he's like okay you guys go out there and you do your job and you beat them All right, break it down and just walks away <laughs> so, so then, so he kind of just blank stares us and walks away and leaves the whole room, just kind of going, "Oh, all right." And then, like, so then a bunch of the players are like, "All right, let's go, let's let's mess them up, let's get them," and all you know, we're trying to do the rah-rah shit where we hype each other up. But you know, it has definitely cooled down. To answer your question, like Moorhead used to headbutt the whiteboard and throw <laughs> like his marker across the room. Heck, I think. During the game, he told me he was, you know, about to lose his mind and jump off a bridge. He was so ex- excited, and I was like, well, man, let's calm down a little bit here. <laughs> and, like, Dan Mullen used to literally sprint in the locker room, and he kicked over, a like, a Gatorade uh, cooler once full of ice and stuff. I mean, <laughs> like, and then you take on, on Lane Kiffin's side. This dude doesn't care about the rivalry. He knows, it, he knows winning will help save his job and everything, but i mean this this is a guy that literally bounced between like five different programs in six years. I mean he doesn't care yeah. but, and he's, like and like he always just likes to the
2: troll and he likes to troll leach too,
1: yeah, and they they go back and forth like leach likes messing with him he he likes messing with leach, but they're friends, and whenever yeah. you have friends as head coaches, you know at these two schools, it's not gonna be as ruthless and violent, but you know here's what i hope i hope this year's game turns violent turns a little bit more gnarly because that plays the state's favor when we get old miss off that cute northeastern prep school bullshit that they do we can always (laughs) absolutely terrorize those guys
2: yeah so yeah i and our and you know our defense is like really good this year honestly they played good against bama like I mean they held him to 29 rushing yards. I mean when's the last time you've seen Bama Rush for 29 yards? And and Ole Miss is a running team this year. So I like the way that it matches up.
0: Uh Yeah. Tucker, you were on the team that year that everybody got a personal foul, correct? <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Was, was that your first personal foul as a punter uh, on a Mississippi State football team?
1: Uh, yes, yeah, that was <laughs> that was my first personal foul uh and but was it my last? What was your last one? 2020 when the guy missed the extra point or not 2020 yeah 2020 so 2018 the whole field's charged that'll miss 2019 was my last personal foul when they missed the The when they had the pitch and miss yeah yeah, yeah. and we ran the field and Cody Schechner my backup putter was in the middle of a fight with like I think his name was like Anthony Teasdale or something he was a huge guy like
2: Tariqius Teasdale
1: yeah, that's it. He was yeah, huge. Was, and my yeah. backup hunter, Cody, he's now coaching at Arkansas State, is five right. foot eight and tiny and getting clobbered by this dude. I go shove the guy, grab Cody, throw some other old Miss guy on the ground. The next thing I know our whole team got flags.
2: And their whole team <laughs> got flags. It was amazing. Yeah. I loved it. I had <laughs> with Cody. I remember him. He's,
1: he's a funny guy. Oh Yeah, yeah. Cody was what? hilarious. But yeah, that was uh, I was there for those two. Those were a I'll I'll live with those numbers till I die. So
2: Yeah. And oh, yeah. and talking going back like on the coaches and the rivalry thing, I mean Leach had a terrible record against Washington when he was at Wazoo. Um so I just don't think he takes it that seriously. And Moorhead did a lot of things that I didn't like, but I will say he took the rivalry really seriously. And I remember after the twenty eighteen game was over, he was like out there like cussing out old Mrs. A D on the field. Mm. Uh and I oh, yeah. he, he earned some respect out of me when that happened. Um if only he didn't waste the best defense in the country that year. But anyway, that that was uh <laughs> that that was something that, that he did that I like. So
1: Yeah, Moorhead Moorhead took care of business in the Egg Bowl, that's for sure. Um and I you know, I think I think Leach I mean, I don't see him actually getting hyped up, but this this is a pivotal game, game number three for him in the Egg Bowl that in a lot of ways, to me, is a must-win. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I sure. think I'm on the same
0: page as that. Especially, you know, if we beat Auburn, drop one to Georgia, and then beat whoever we play at at homecoming, um, and, and we're going in there with uh, we're going in there seven and four, uh, then I really want that win. You know? Oh yeah, eight, and, eight
1: regular season wins yeah, looks a lot better than seven.
0: Absolutely. So that's really what I, I – and I feel like that's probably what it's going to come down to. Um, so I really need that Egg Bowl win this year.
2: <laughs> yeah, you and me both, pal. <laughs> All right, I have a, a, kind of a more interesting question that I don't think a lot of state fans think about, but I think you probably would know the vibe, at least around the athletic program. If Joe Moorhead had won the bowl game in 2019 against Louisville – do you think he would have kept his job with everything else going on in the locker room?
1: Well, that's a, that's a very, very, very precise question.
2: Um, At least for that year. So,
1: you know, he did, he did some things right that season. He won the egg bowl. I think he won a, I think he beat Auburn at home or had a couple other pretty good wins in there. Kentucky, I think was one. And, but in the in the moment of that season when he started losing control and faith from the team and the fans he had a a press conference where he said you're going to have to drag my yankee ass out of here to get rid of me like he turned he turned all the hostility towards him back on them and was like all right if you guys are going to be this way to me I'm going to be this way back to you and when you do that to a fan base and to an SEC fan base and even more specific, an SEC West fan base, that's dangerous. You're trying to swim with sharks at that point. Right. Yeah. And and like, yeah, the media will go after you and they're gonna destroy you and they're not gonna stop. They're gonna keep going until they find either a solution to get rid of you or something great you succeed and you start winning and then they cheer you on like you're Maximus the gladiator from that movie you know like and I think in that moment and then once one of my best friends uh Garrett Schrader at Syracuse tearing it up shout out to my boy
2: GS6.
1: when he got his face boxed in and Moorhead did not discipline Willie Gay who I love Willie too I you know I played with him in the army game and we're we're close like you, even Willie nowadays would tell you, like, "Hey, I shouldn't, like, I shouldn't have done that." But you know, he kind of lost it in that moment. And when Moorhead didn't do anything, he lost the team split in half, and he lost all control. And I think him getting fired was kind of ine- inevitable at that point because he had lost the faith from the boosters, which kind of dictate everything.
0: Yeah, yeah. And from some of the, I know everybody claims to have their inside sources to the boosters and all that stuff but from my claimed inside sources and everything i was hearing that Moorhead was gone after the egg bowl and like every everybody was 100% sure that he was gone after the egg bowl no matter what and then he won that egg bowl and then you know that saved his job until the bowl game and then we lost the bowl game and inevitably he was fired and um, yeah. i was always kind of under the impression that that egg bowl win that close egg bowl win saved his job until the until the bowl game, and then well, they were like, Well, we he just won the egg bowl, we can't fire him this week, you know, that just would look bad. And uh, it was in such so, like
2: dramatic fashion, and it had the whole country's attention. You know, it's on Thanksgiving night, we're the only game, and I think the I think at that point they were like, Man, this would be a really bad look if we fired him right after he won against our rival and got bowl eligible,
0: right? So, yeah.
2: um Um, i don't i don't know whether beating louisville would have mattered or not i think it may have just been a waiting game
1: um yeah from and i i know a lot of guys personally that you know donate a lot of money to the program they were friends of mine i knew them pretty well um and like they kind of they would talk with my parents and i and stuff and i think they you know when you lose control of your program and then you turn on the media and you have all these things it's kind of like uh it's kind of, it becomes like kind of an anarchy state. I mean, we had players not showing up, nobody was going to class. I mean, everything fell apart. And at that point, like when you lose control, you're done. And yeah. that's kind of what happened. And, and, I, you know, it's unfortunate. I feel for him because, you know, like nobody ever just likes, oh yeah, let's just fire this guy. Nobody likes stuff like that. But I mean, it had to happen. And losing that boy definitely was like the permanent now in the yeah
2: Yeah. Yep. Um... Joe was not the offensive guru that, uh, we thought we were getting and, um, Akron is like one in seven right now. I'm just going to throw that out there. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, Matt, you want to, you want to talk about the, the kicking, uh, tryout thing? Yeah,
0: yeah, I would. Um, because I got two, really two points here. Um, but the first was, um, Tucker, so your last year was last year under Leach and, uh, that's when we had some kicking trouble and and you told us you were the holder so like when we place kick field goals and stuff you would always hold correct yep yeah uh so we had some trouble with the with the kicking uh this last year and then it all came to a boil during the Arkansas game when we missed i think three field goals and one would have tied the game and two would have won the game um and it all came to a boil and that's when leach got on the you know press conferences was like uh, we're having free tryouts, anybody show up next week at the, you know, football facility and stuff like that. And you said that you were there for that. And I just kind of wanted to get your take on that. Because as fans, we all saw all of that stuff on it, it created a media storm, you know, it's more like a meme. But I don't remember ever seeing anything from the school or the team or anything post anything about, oh, it actually happened, what came up, a- wait, what came of it and stuff. So I never was sure that it actually ever really happened the way he said it would. And, uh, I just wanted to get your, uh, your thoughts and uh, stories behind that because, uh, it did happen. And, uh, I wanted to know what,
1: what it was like. Yeah. Uh, that was probably one of the strangest time periods I've, I've ever had playing college football because I was, coming off of a game where i was holding field goals for my two kickers that you know i was doing the best i could to help them make and stuff and then you know it's just it's like baseball you get into a slump football's the same i mean you can have a quarterback who comes in you know a few games doing great and then he drops off the map or a linebacker who starts and then transfers to another school and you know i mean it's it they're all the same and that's kind of what happened to my kickers and after that, when he dropped on the press conference, we're gonna have an open tryout. Anybody with a leg or a middle leg can come out and kick. I don't <laughs> give a damn. You know, like when he when he came out and he said that, I was sitting there on my phone and saw the video on Twitter. I went, oh, oh no. I was like, he I was like, I don't know if he realized that it was actually gonna happen when he said it. But people took that serious. Like the next day, when We had, tra- we had uh, traveled back from Arkansas, and the next day when I came to the facility, there were people on our practice field, like, kicking. Like, I don't know if they had even set it up yet, but there was lots of kids going up to the facility. I mean, tons. And I'm sitting there looking at these kids going, my gosh, this guy's been to Krispy Kreme his whole life and hasn't gotten off the couch. He can't <laughs> kick a ball. I'm like... And then the nerve of some of these kids to think, like, oh, yeah, I've never actually kicked, but I can kick better than the kids who are on the team. I'm sitting there going, you guys have lost your damn minds.
2: (laughs) Yeah, people don't understand how hard it is.
1: So then, like, I'm sitting there going, there's no way they're actually going to do a tryout. But then I got called into the special teams meeting, which was just me and the coaches. (laughs) And I'm going, guys, what's going on here? There's 200 damn people out on our field field right now. What what is this? And they say, Tucker, you're gonna hold for you know the kick the kickers and they're gonna get a chance. And I was like, guys, you can't be serious. There's no way you find anybody out of them. And they're like, there's we're bound to find somebody who can make a kick. I'm like, you really think they're just gonna be, you know, game ready, put on the pads, let's go at the right speed, let's have somebody rush you, like just ready to go. I was like, it's a one in a million shot. (coughs) But I mean, I said my piece, and I was out in the field in my in my cleats and everything, down in my holder's position, catching tosses and putting the ball down for kickers.
2: And it was how, how long did that take? Like, how many people did you go? It was through?
1: about there was probably probably around like a hundred to two hundred kickers, and oh, then we man. had then we had like three punters, then we had three punters and a couple of snappers, as if like, oh well, yeah, let's just you know let's uh, every positions open. I'm just yeah, sure going place everybody. Like, I'm just like, all right, they're clear. They're clearing house. Screw it. I was like, I'm gonna go uh, learn how to sell fruit on the freeway. I guess. So did <laughs> and, uh,
0: did did everybody get like one kick, or did they get multiple kicks, or how did that work? You mess up one kick,
1: and it's like, yeah. all right, next. So they. <laughs> so here's here's the, the the amazing thing about it. All, all, everybody got to warm up, and it was like first come first serve. You were there the longest. You can warm up the longest, and at at like four thirty, they were just gonna start the tryout, whatever. And you have all these kids kicking, and you have our equipment staff, like, shagging balls for them. It was really (laughs) hard to get them to shag balls for the actual kickers and punters on the team. But they're shagging balls for all these kids. And here's here's the most amazing part of the entire thing. Mike Leach wasn't even out there. (laughs) He wasn't even out there. The only person who was out there was... Dave Emmerich, who's no longer even at Mississippi State, who was standing up on the balcony with a megaphone going, all right, guys, get the balls. All right, line up on the 30. Okay, kick him. <laughs> and and I'm sitting there holding, and I here's here's when it gets wild. I'm going, you know, there's no way I'm going to have to hold for every single one of these kicks. <laughs> well, I do. And what do you, and, I'm, and I'm not going to – like complain but that was the biggest waste of my time i mean i saw oh let's just say shank to the left shank to the right shank to the left didn't even go 10 feet and then he had like one he had like one or two kids that actually made the kicks i was like that wasn't bad this kid kicked in high school no doubt about it and then then here's where it gets gnarly a group of like four girls come walking over to me And I'm like, surely they're joking. There is no (laughs) way in hell that these girls think that they're just going to walk onto a college SEC football team and kick.
2: I blame Vanderbilt. First
1: one up, I'm holding the ball. There's this redhead girl that came with a big attitude, kind of gave me some type of snarl look as if, like, I was going to screw her over or something (laughs) and pull a Charlie Brown and pull the ball away from her. (laughs) I'm telling you, she swings. She puts her whole leg into it like she's Babe Ruth about to call his shot and be the next kicker for the Bulldogs. And the ball goes maybe five feet, and she tears her ACL.
0: <laughs> yep.
1: I mean, ACL gone, and I hear it pop, and I'm going, no way that just happened. I mean, <laughs> right away. And then our team <laughs> our team doctors take her into the facility and start giving her the full SEC treatment. Okay. And she's not even on the damn team. <laughs>
2: liability. We
1: have actual injured guys like standing there they're like, oh we gotta treat her first. And I'm like, Are you kidding me? So I'm sit I'm still there and there's three other girls coming. Another one tears her ACL. Same scenario. <laughs> Done. Forget about it. There goes her kicking career I guess. Yeah I had I had the I had the Moxie to go try out for the SEC team. Yeah it might have cost me a whole year of walking normally. <laughs> Well, you know, screw I, it. it was worth it.
0: You know, exactly. those those girls in high school wear those knee braces for attention their whole lives. So, I mean, now she gets to wear, she gets a real brace that she can wear <laughs> for the rest of her life anytime she's not yeah.
1: getting enough attention, you know.
2: So, that's yeah, the cheerleaders cool. that are, like, in the boot for, like, their entire high school career. Like, yeah, those, exactly.
1: Those. Yeah, and here's what was really funny. is like, the kickers who were on our team, like, came out there because they – we're like, whoa, Like they didn't even tell us that this was actually happening. And, you know, kind of like bowing up on the on the kickers. And then they realized how bad every single one of them were. So they're just like literally just started laughing and kind of our kickers were kind of taunting their kickers. I was like, guys, chill out. It might be a joke, <laughs> but like, let them go. Like, they don't deserve heckling. They're already tearing ACLs out here. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's already ACL. bad enough.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was
1: that was bad. And then and then some kid was punting, and I'm holding field goals, and this kid is hitting like, like line drive, you know, thirty foot punts, and hits me in the back while I'm holding field goals for some kicker. I look over, I'm like, are you kidding me? And it's some like, you know, four hundred pound, you know, center for like some beer league football team, and I'm like, what in the world? (laughs) I'm like, that was when I totally just had seen it all, and. I, I talked to Mike Leach later, and I said, Mike, I was like, you weren't even out there for the tryout. I was like, you realize how long I was holding footballs? And he was like, oh, you didn't have to do that. And I was like, your coaches uh, told me I did. Uh-huh. And he was like, oh, they did? Oh, well. Oh, well. And he just walks away. I was just like, what in the world? <laughs> wow. That, so that's needless great. to say,
2: you, you won't be running any uh, kicking and punting camps anytime soon?
1: Uh, you know it's funny I actually have been training a few guys you know high school local kids here in Nashville where I'm from you know you know to get through their season but yeah. as far as major camps go no I think uh, my mental side and my physical side has seen enough
2: yeah yeah fair enough well, and if you do at least uh charge them a nice fee especially oh, yeah guys this is five thousand
1: dollars for an hour of training yeah <laughs> You
0: know uh before we get off the kicking uh conversation I did have one more question I want to ask since you you know you were the holder and you uh you were on special teams for the whole time I was wondering if you heard about this kid uh Kyle McCaffrey or uh excuse me McCafferty McCaffrey McCaffrey McCafferty uh no I don't think it's McCarthy. it's uh, McCafferty McCafferty His name is Kyle McCafferty. He's uh, committed to Mississippi State. He's coming out of Arkansas. He's a five-star kicker, uh, place kicker, coming out of Arkansas, and he has been setting all kinds of high school records in Arkansas. Like uh, he's supposed to be, like the real deal. Um, And I was, I was just wondering if you had heard anything about him because uh, I believe he's on campus next year. And uh, I don't know Uh, the little research I've done on him; uh, it looks pretty promising. So I'm excited to get him on campus, and hopefully, we don't have to have any more. Uh, open ACL tearing uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. tryouts,
1: you know. Yeah, I've talked to a few of the staff guys. You know, I still kind of pop in and out, look at film, kind of like digest stuff or see if uh, – not digest, um, dissect, uh, you know, player's ability. He's a lefty um, and, you know, Leach's staff loves lefties. I can't imagine that Arkansas had too many damn records to begin with, but we like breaking <laughs> records regardless, you know? Um, so, like, that's always promising because you need a confident kid. I mean, this fan base has just been in the biggest love-hate with kickers since I, I since I got here. I mean, yeah. like, it's just not as bad as Alabama and some other schools, but pretty close. Yeah. Um, and – you know, I, I'm i going to have to probably, I need to reach out to him uh, just so I can kind of pick his brain a little bit, see what he's about, see what kind of a um, mentality he has coming in, give him some tips on how to deal with the staff and everything. Um, But, you know, you, you always kind of get excited for new new legs coming in. But that transition from high school to college is one of the hardest transitions that I know I ever went through as far as the amount of physical stress that starts happening, like all the working out, all the, all the extra stuff that college football demands from your body compared to high school is kind of incredible in a lot of ways. I mean, I went from no pain, playing all three positions and safety and all sorts of stuff in high school while playing ice hockey at the same time, not feeling any physical pain to, I was narrowed down to a fuel kicker kickoff guy and punter when i was a true freshman and i couldn't go past week three because i had a torn hip i mean that's just kind of how how fast like your body changes and and stuff through all the physical stress so hopefully you know once i talk to this guy i can give him some pointers and and he has the right mentality because i mean god forbid it's really hard to get a solid kicker in college and we really need one badly
0: Yeah, we do. And, you know, fan bases, especially ours, because we've had problems in the past. And like you said, Alabama and other fan bases. But, you know, it's easy to be really hard on kickers because you don't usually remember the ones they made. You usually remember the ones they missed. And, you know, like last year against Arkansas and, you know, some of the field goals that we missed this year earlier on in the season. uh, Those are the ones that stick in your mind. So it's always easier to be negative on kickers than positive. And I guess that's just kind of a, you know, uh a trade, you know, just a byproduct of, of that position. But, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to him getting on campus. I hope he can, uh, I hope he can live up to the hype. I, uh, why, why does Leach like lefties just out of curiosity?
1: You know, I think a lot of it has to do with how the ball, uh, kind of rotates the opposite way of variety. I mean, if you look at across the league, whether it's high school, college, NFL, predominantly every single kicker is a righty yeah you know and that means that your return your returners are going to be catching righty kickoffs your you know like the majority of the time your your uh field goal block is going to be set up to block a a righty field the majority of the time your punt returners are going to be set up to catch a righty punt spin the majority of the time whereas when you have a lefty and you bring in that kind of like goofy pitcher out of the bullpen that you know they haven't is seen as much. With his left arm. yeah like they haven't seen as much and they're seeing you know these returns are seeing the opposite of they're catching 99 percent of their balls the opposite spin well maybe that one percent chance they drop a, a kickoff or drop yeah, a punt or they error. can't yeah or they can't block the field goal because they don't have somebody as fast off the other edge you know and that's just kind of My reasoning, too, is they kind of just like that, you know, that kind of unorthodox, like, extra flavor to maybe change stuff up. And if you look at his past seasons, you know, Washington State, Texas Tech, they had a lot of success with a lefty kicker. And uh, I think that's – a lot of it has to do with that kind of weird, you know, off – you know, change up, you know, different look. Yeah, absolutely. Anything
2: you can add that makes teams have to – you know, game plan something special for yeah, think uh, is about. usually a good thing because it's, you know, you don't have unlimited time to install stuff. Um, and uh, kicking is so underrated. I mean, people, like, mock the Bengals for drafting uh, Evan McPherson in the fifth round, but that turned out being, like, a great pick. Um, yeah, but, got him through the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. He's been a freaking dog for them. Right. <laughs> Former MSU commit Evan McPherson.
1: Yeah, I'm a I, I'm a good buddy of Evan. I know him fairly well and when he was uh committed to state, he came in on his visits and we I always used to hang out with him and stuff and it was a shame that he went to Florida, but good for
2: him. Dude played 3 years in college and now he's in the pros, so power to him. Yeah, it worked out for him. You don't really see many kickers uh, you know, just go 3 years <gasps> and go to the league. <clears throat> right. But uh I've got a I've got another ranking that I I want you to sort through for me Um, and this is gonna be purely from I guess your opinion and stuff that you saw and I guess you can include now too with Will. I want you to rank these QBs 1 through 5 Okay Um, uh, Nick Fitzgerald uh, Keaton Will Rogers KJ Costello and Tommy Stevens
1: Wow. Put me on the spot here. Okay. Um, I love it, though. I love it. And, you know, out of all these guys, I want to say this before, before I get controversial. Love each every one of them. They all can spin the ball and play to an ability that God gave them. But when it comes down to success overall, and, and I, I, the way I review a quarterback is, one, does the team respect him between the white lines? I don't care what he is off the field, but between the white lines, does the team follow him and respect him? Does this guy lead, and how hard does he play? How hard does he want to win? That's what I care about, you know, especially in college. Like, you look at all the most successful teams, it always comes off of who's determined, man. Like, which which, which dude's coming out here like a bat out of hell, ready right? Or destroy somebody and, you know, knee kick somebody in the throat. Like well, that's that's what's gonna win the game. And Schrader would have been at the top of that list for me then. Oh dude, Schrader, Schrader is the best quarterback in college. Don't even get me started. <laughs> all bias aside. Yeah, <laughs> I, left,
2: um, I left him out. I left him out so no bias would be on here.
1: Yeah. Um as far as the best out of those five goes, I would say the least successful as far as statistic goes and probably the worst quarterback out of all five was KT and I love Keaton. I came in with them. We were in the same class out of high school. He had a lot of talent as a dual threat quarterback, beat Lamar Jackson, but where KT lacked was his ability to throw the ball accurately and make the right decisions. But fortunately for him, he kind of figured that part out and transitioned into like a hybrid wide receiver, tight end, sometimes even quarterback type role wildcat style and he's doing great he's tearing it up at virginia you know so yeah he
2: was all conference last year
1: yep so so i mean so he figured it out so good for him um so he was fifth uh fourth Oof. i'm gonna go i'm gonna go kj uh i think i think if you you know and if you really break down the film and everybody wants to always talk about well, what about the LSU game? And yes, that he had one of the statistically, if not the best football game you could ever have in college football as a quarterback. But if you really break down the film, there was three pick sixes that LSU left on the field, you know? So he like won, didn't he? yeah, he already threw one. There was, yeah. there was, there was three more picks, two more pick sixes total. And he left those on the field. So, And then you look at the rest of the season, and it was just a nightmare. Granted, it wasn't the best scenario for him. Our old line was getting destroyed. Our whole team was in shambles. I mean, so it wasn't set up for him bad success. But, you know, that's how the, that's how the, the cards were dealt. And you get dealt a certain hand, and you got to make the most of it. And he kind of got beat up, so he didn't really have the best scenario. Yeah. After that, we got Tommy, Nick, and Will Rogers. Yeah. Yes. Uh I'm going to say Tommy after that. Uh Tommy is a definitely a solid uh bronze bronze medalist. He had some some moments of being great, but I think when when you got the heat of these huge D-line men coming at him, I think he kind of tried to protect himself and he would probably get really teed off of me from saying it for saying that, but I mean, that gets scary and it happens really really fast and some guys You know, just like kind of like to dive and slide out of the way, and I feel like that's kind of what happened with him. Love the guy. He had
2: health problems, too.
1: I mean, I can't. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, everybody in football ends up having health problems. I mean, I had back issues, knee issues, hip issues, and I was punting, you know. So, like, it's everybody. And then easy second, Will Rogers. Um, This Will Rogers at home might be hands down top three quarterbacks in college right now. I mean, at home, you get probably a guy who's throwing 400 yards, four TDs, zero interceptions, and you're beating, you know, a and you're beating Kentucky, beating whoever. And hell, we have a shot against Georgia if, 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 if he's on. I mean, if he's on, he gives us a chance. But right. <laughs> in the big moments, the biggest games, and, you know, he's competitive, he's fierce, like he works his butt off, and he, he's a, he's committed to, to really – Trying to master his craft and 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 wants to be a more of a leadership type role, um, and he wants to win. But in the biggest games, he doesn't take take enough risks. I mean, we we're down to Kentucky and we're playing check down football, throwing for 190 yards. I mean, we can't do that. We're the air raid baby. We gotta throw some four and let's dice some stuff up and get the ball downfield. Like we gotta take more risks. And he plays a safe game. Like he like to me, a lot of times it looks like he's trying to protect his stats,
2: and he's I don't like.
1: Here. I like I like guys that are just like, screw it, I'm gonna find a way to win. And you might pick me off this time, but the next time I'm gonna do the same thing and I'm gonna beat you. That's what I like to see. Yeah. And I know that that's controversial because it calls for him to, you know, maybe make a little bit more mistakes and make himself look not as good, but hell, we're looking at five and three when we should be six and one. So or seven and one right now. So I mean that's kinda like my opinion on that. Plus Right now, he's 0-2 in the Egg Bowl. Not a good legacy to have. Um, And then, number one, hands down, Nick Fitzgerald. Everybody in the locker room, doesn't matter. And I told you guys this a while ago. um, Everybody in the locker room respected that dude on the field. Yes, there was some controversial stuff, and we don't even dive into that. And Nick was kind of a wild character, that's for sure. But when he was on the field, you sat there and you're like, man, this dude is laying his life on the line for us. I mean, he snapped his leg in the Egg Bowl and was like, <clears throat> we ended up losing. But, I mean, you saw the heart from him. Like, he had tears come down his face and he was like cheering on the crowd, hyping everybody up. I mean, this dude bled Merton White, wanted to win, and he ran all over people. And that was the offense we had. People got mad because, oh, he wasn't the best thrower. Well, to his credit our offense wasn't designed to throw. We were designed to run with the running back and the quarterback 70% of the time. Yeah. And like when we threw it was designed plays and lots of times he delivered and people would get mad because he didn't throw enough. Well, actually the coach was calling the plays and, and I say this to everybody, we would not have won a game if Nick Fitzgerald wasn't the quarterback. My freshman year, we won nine games with Nick as the quarterback. My second year, we won eight games with Nick as a quarterback. The dude won football games. You could say it was Dan Mullen's staff my freshman year. You could say it was our defense the second year. But, I mean, hell, he would still win the games and put up the points when we needed it. I mean, yeah. the dude was, like, undefeated against A&M. Yeah, and I was going the- to say,
0: that, that year that A&M came to Starkville, they were ranked fourth, I want to say, when they came in there. or It was, it was, yeah, it was super high. I mean, uh, Nick put the team on his back for
1: that game, you know?
2: Yeah. Like, he scored the first play of the game. Cool. Yeah. I and, mean.
1: and Yeah, and Nick, I mean, look at what he – he almost beat Alabama. He was literally a player from running out of bounds and coming back in and catching the ball from beating yeah. them. I was about to say, he did beat I mean, that's, and my like he and, it, and if he, he would have done that, if, if yeah. he would have beat Alabama, we would have won – that season, we would have had 10 regular season wins. Like, granted, he stays dude, healthy against, you know, Ole Miss. So, we only had nine uh, wins that season. But we would have had ten on the season. I mean, you're talking about a guy who won football games, won, won, won bowl games too. Like, I mean, he did he did a lot of great things for State. And if you think about what he had to do, he was the quarterback that followed Dak Prescott. I mean, the pair of cojones that you got to have just to step into that role when you have the – the prodigal son, the golden goose that everybody, you know, worships, and he has to follow that. I mean, it takes like all sorts of talent and ability and just mental uh, moxie to be able to do that. And I just have all respect for the guy.
0: Yeah. Fair enough. Absolutely. And like what you were saying with Will, with the check down stuff, that's I, – I really like Will, and I think he's a good quarterback for what he is, especially in the system that we have designed for him to play around at the moment, but like the risk taking is one of the most frustrating things as a fan for me to watch, like with the, the not taking risk in games like yeah, the, the Kentucky, line especially Kentucky, where we're just throwing it out to the running back. Every single play, just check down. And it, it just oh, like, you know, I'm not a football guy. I'm, I'm I'm not saying I could do it better, but I'm saying that, you know, throw the ball downfield, run the ball every once in a while, do something different because if you
1: keep throwing it out to the running back every single play, you're not going to get anywhere. Yeah, well, I agree. And here's here's like my, my thinking on it is if we want to call ourselves the air raid, if we want to let, you know, all these like former recruits that we had and guys like Garrett Schrader just go to other programs because we claim they don't fit our offense – we can't call ourselves the air raid if we're not going to air raid the ball out. Yeah. Like if we're just going to be hitting the, the Sam Bradford check down, you know, to Darian Sproles every single play, then I mean, we're not, we're frauds. I mean, you look at programs where they're not air raid, but they're throwing 300 yards a game because their quarterbacks hitting a 60 yard pass or a 40, 48 yard um go route down the field you know and it's it's going for an explosive play if we don't have explosive plays we're not going to beat anybody we're not going to be worth anything we're gonna have to grind our whole way down the field and i mean it's really frustrating to watch as a former player because i thought that this year this was going to be the year where we totally became this just this blitzkrieg you know german military flying over great britain just dropping bombs downfield all day. <laughs> That's what I thought we were going to do, and I still think we can. But, I mean, we got to we gotta actually do it. Let's quit calling ourselves the air raid and start calling ourselves the check down kings if we're going to keep doing this every single game.
2: Yeah, Will, I just think Will doesn't have
1: the cannon for it. And he might not, but the throw is still there. I've seen it. I've seen it in practice. We've seen it in a couple games. I mean, we let's look at Texas a and last year. His throw to Malik – or not Malik, Makai Polk downfield for 43 yards. I mean – we don't need a 60-yard ball, but we need a 37, a, a 40, a 39, you know, in that range of, okay, if it's an interception, it's like a 40-yard a punt. We can live with that. Not yeah. not let's go, you know, three and out or get seven yards just because of checkdowns, and then we punt for 37 yards. I mean, what's the point?
2: Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, you don't have to throw at 60 yards if you're hitting guys <laughs> that are running in space and, you know, have green grass in front of them. Uh, but sometimes like even guys that he's getting the ball to, he's throwing it, you know, at the hip or kind of behind them. And then, you know, they're not running in stride when they get the ball and, and able to, you know, take it to the house. Like, you know, Tulu can, you know, it, we just have the playmakers there, but to, to Will's credit, we have had some bad, bad drop problems this year. So I'm not going to see the fingers, but it's just all around. They just mentally don't seem locked in right now. Right. Yeah. No. And I agree. And part, and here's the
1: truth is part of me thinks that's the coaching staff. Like they don't, they don't inspire enough. Like they don't, they don't motivate you to be great. They kind of just belittle you and kind of intimidate you. And, and that's what I've heard. The West coast style of football is it's kind of like, you know, just do your job. Like it's easy, you know, kind of like yeah. that mentality. Whereas son, you're in the SEC West. If it was easy, everybody would do it. These are the best of the best. It goes to the NFL. Then the SEC West and the SEC East, then everybody else. Yeah.
2: Like it's a, it's like, at least that vibe with the yeah. offense because I, I mean I feel like Zach Arnett like has got some juice, oh, but dude
1: he is amazing. That that guy fires me up, and I'm a punter just watching because after I'll hit a big punt, he'll come dab me up, hype me up, get in my face, and be like, "Let's go, Tucker! That was that was amazing." Whereas you know you have a, a huge play on offense, and these guys don't even care.
2: He's yeah. going to be a good head coach somewhere someday. I wouldn't complain if it was here, to be honest. Right. Yeah. Right. But,
1: oh, well, we'll see, fellas, you know? Yeah.
2: Well, uh, and talk. And I, I got one more question. I know 100. you got to go. Um, Leach, after this game, he said uh, it seems like the guys in the locker room are scared of the Alabama um, logo on the helmets and like just scared of playing that team. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure there's probably some truth to that. Um, but do you think part of the issue stems from the coaching staff? Like, or is it really all just like psychology and the players?
1: Um, no, it's absolutely a connection between the coaching staff, the players and the environment that is built in the program. Cause I know 2017, 2018, I mean, we we hung with Alabama in 2017. We lost by a touchdown when the guy, you know, 21 seconds left. And still almost scored in the Hail Mary. And our defense beat the hell out of Jalen Hurts. I mean, we yeah. we terrorized them like a bunch of Tasmanian devils. Like, we didn't stop. There was no scaredness. Jeffrey Simmons held up a, a chain in front of their entire O-line and said – They ran out of the locker room. Yeah. yeah and the, we, when bad. we got in their faces, we took it to them. And that's the mentality you got to have with – with Alabama and that's like kind of what we used to have we used to have this culture of where these mean like nasty hardcore blue collar bulldogs that heck you might kick our butts but we are going to beat the hell out of you and we're not going to stop whereas now we kind of play this cute game where we're not really passionate we kind of just expect stuff and i think a lot of it has to do like i said with the coaches not really implementing this angry mentality like you can see it on our defense but the whole team in general, it's just not there. And it wasn't there when I was playing with Leech. Um, and you know, it's it's disappointing because your players take the message from the coaches, obviously, and they try to apply it. And when they take that message of just do your job. If you do your job, it'll work out. It's not it's just not gonna happen. Like you it's gotta be more of that, it's gotta be do your job, like motivation, like get in their face, like hype them up, build their confidence. It's all about building confidence. When you build confidence, the execution happens.
2: Because all preparation because like this band yeah. team is like human. They're, they're not Superman anymore.
1: Oh, they're very vulnerable. Right. <laughs> and and you know, I, And I know, like that, like this shouldn't really impact the player, but like the like hyping up players is a huge deal for Mississippi State. You have some programs that know that they can walk into it and win the game just off of their town alone, you know. And that's kind of like what Alabama's been doing. They've been eking out wins because they know they're more talented and they will win. And they've been getting tons of penalties. Where state, we don't have that talent. We have guys. We have some dogs. But, like, we got to get hyped up. We got to get angry. I mean, we used to literally, like, headbutt each other in the locker room and, and like, go crazy and dance and throw water everywhere, throw ice. I mean, we used to go crazy in the locker rooms before huge games. I mean, the Egg Bowl, you couldn't even hear somebody we were yelling so much in there. You'd think that we had already played the damn game. Like, (laughs) whereas now there's nothing. Everybody just kind of sits around and kind of just dabs each other up, nods their heads a little bit. And it, a lot of it has to do with the coaches kind of just setting this mentality of, mm. all right, let's just go get it. Come on, do your job. We got it. Yeah,
2: that's a leadership issue. 100%. Yeah,
1: and and that's it's tough. It's tough. It's a tough pill to swallow because I've been through all three, and the most successful was when I got there, and we've kind of just steadily decreased
2: since phased out. Yeah, which is tough. Yeah. Well, it'll work at itself out uh, one way or another. Either he'll uh you know not take old Miss seriously and at best get another year and then go retire or he'll write the ship and get it together it'll be interesting to see
1: yeah we will we will uh we will watch and pray yeah
2: well thanks for uh getting on man we gotta have you on again i could i could sit here and do this for a long time um but uh we pre- appreciate your time yeah
1: yeah I, I appreciate you guys letting me uh come on here i get a little bit uh passionate and talk for a while so i apologize if i oh, don't know I went roll, I started ranting, but I get really fired up about that's it. That's exactly no, what worried.
0: these special edition podcasts are for because we don't actually have any specific thing to talk about. So the more you want to talk and tell and share with us, absolutely go ahead.
1: Oh, awesome guys. If you ever ever want uh me to hop on again, or maybe I can maybe I can talk to like Garrett Trader or somebody to get them get them to hop on, I I will. Absolutely,
2: yeah, man. man. Let us yeah. know for sure. I'd love to have him. All right. Well, yeah, I it appreciate having it, Thought
1: You guys have a
0: good you
2: guys, have a good evening.
1: Yeah, Thanks we'll sure. see you Take later. Yeah.